Hey, out of tutors. I'm Erin. I'm Victoria. I'm Rebecca. And this is Out, out of, of Tune. I'm <laughs> back with another episode on Zoom. Yes. And tuning today, kind of a funny story, um, is brought to you by Wii Music, as in like Wii, the game console, and music being their Wii Music game. Um, I think it's hysterical. I saw it on YouTube and I was like, you know what? That's it. Um, I think we all need a laugh and kind of just like a funny, funny thing to think about and be like, yeah, okay, we music. Got it. <laughs> yes, that was great. Yeah. Just so iconic. Yeah. Thank you, Victoria. You're so <laughs> welcome. <laughs> all right. Well, today we're going to talk about Caroline Shaw. Woo. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> She's a young female composer based in New York City. She's only 38, which is really cool. Oh, so young. Yeah. Yeah. And she like I don't know. I heard of her first because the Brooklyn Rider Quartet played one of her pieces back in Eau Claire mm-hmm. where I went to undergrad. And then like she just kept kind of popping up and in post tonal theory we got to like she came to one of our classes. Because weirdly, all the she knows my professor really well. Oh wow! Wow. But yeah, she's really cool and really nice, and her music's awesome. <laughs> That's great. She yeah. is awesome. Like she's really cool. Yeah, she was born in Greenville, North Carolina, in 1982. Began p- playing violin at the age of two. Oh, <laughs> How? I don't know. How? I mean, two. What? Yeah. <laughs> Two years old. What I was doing two years old. I was. I. I'm not even mentioning. <laughs> I remember one time, Rebecca, you said this, and you're like, "I was eating dirt." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, That's what was I? What but I like, what was I doing at two years old? Nothing. I didn't like, know. I was being a toddler. <laughs> yes, that was my profession. Oh my gosh, I'm jealous. Yeah. But of course, she's super talented. So of course yeah, she's yeah. But yeah, she then began composing at the age of 10, uh, chamber music in the style of Mozart and Brahms. (laughs) What? 10? 10. I mean, 10, I was still eating dirt. (laughs) (laughs) I was probably like just playing the streets like a homeless kid. It was like, not not actually. I'm just kidding. Okay, love you, mom. But <laughs> with ten composing, okay, okay, all right, move on. Wow. Yeah, and then she did her undergrad at Rice. On, well, also she majored in violin performance for a lot of her life. I didn't know but, that. Nice. Yeah. So her undergraduate degree at Rice is in violin performance. Her master's oh. at Yale, violin performance. Wow. And then she got her PhD at Princeton in composition. Wow. Yeah, very talented. And she became the youngest composer to receive the Pulitzer Prize at age 30 for Partita for Eight Voices with her ensemble Roomful of Teeth. And, it and was that was like, in oh. Yeah, and that was in 2013. And, and that like- the first like acapella piece to win as well i think right yeah yeah and they wow. also won a grammy in 2012 for that wow wow yeah but to go off of, well i'll i'll skip forward a little bit but we'll come back to that um she also performs violin with the american contemporary music ensemble so she's still active with that mm. and 
she's associated with Kanye West, Sarah Bareilles, and Ben Folds, which is really cool. Wait, what has she done with Kanye West? Yeah, she's like helped produce some of his albums. Oh wow! Like the one, yay. Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to Kanye West. I like. I don't. I mean, I don't like to support Kanye West. (laughs) I mean, like I do, but I. I don't know. He's with this whole election thing. I'm just like, stop. Yeah, please stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So she's like kind of in pop culture a little bit too. But she also has commissions with the Dover Quartet, Brooklyn Rider, who I already mentioned, mm-hmm. Juilliard 415, LA Phil, Baltimore Symphony, and like so many more. But I just picked out the ones that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, let's go back to Partita for Eight Voices. This is what kind of like, she's a great composer, obviously. I really love her work. But this is what struck me as interesting about her. Um, so this partita she wrote for her ensemble room full of teeth and they're kind of the only people who do this piece the only people who sing this piece because it's so individualized Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a partita for eight voices made up of the baroque dance suites alamon sarabande courant and pascalia Mm -hmm. and they made use of tuvin throat singing practices and katajak which is an Mm -hmm. inuit tradition and this caused a lot of controversy with Tanya Tagak, who is a Canadian Inuk throat singer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people in the Inuit community also were kind of backing Tanya Tagak. Oh. And I remember oh. learning about her in undergrad. So I was just like, whoa, <laughs> worlds collide <laughs> when I read about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tagak accused her of cultural appropriation and exoticism for the use of the Karajak song in the third movement of the partita and for the use of Tuvan throat singing techniques throughout the entire piece. Um, hmm. Which I kind of understand. Yeah, I totally do. Like thinking from the, I mean, of course they paid the teachers and everything and now they're featured on the website, but at the time I don't think they were featured at all. And hmm. they made a lot of money and got a lot of praise for this music that it was I mean, like, you just have to look at the facts. Like, it was, in a way... You have to give credit where credit is due. Always. Yeah. And at the time, it just... I I know, like, they're good people, but they that wasn't the best way (laughs) to go about it, I feel like. Mm. Um, Because it is kind of like taking somebody else's tradition, and then, of course, the general music community is like, oh, my gosh, look at this this amazing... This brand new technique that I've... Oh, my gosh, that she invented, but really... Yeah, I see. Well, hmm. Yeah, it was interesting to read about. And um, in their response, they listed all the teachers on the website, um, on the Roomful of Teeth website, and pledged to support Indigenous artists in concrete and monetary ways. So in their full response, on which was actually on October 22nd of 2019, which wasn't that long ago, mm-hmm. um, they said they would immediately do the following, credit their teachers and coaches more explicitly in public and in print, find opportunities to amplify and support performing artists of Karajak and other indigenous musicians with whom they work in concrete and monetary ways, like I said, read aloud a source acknowledgement in the beginning of every room full of teeth concert honoring explicitly named traditional cultures essential contributions to our music and to be alert and proactive about these issues in their future work as well as continuing to listen and learn from other members of the musical community 
and take seriously concerns such as those raised and explore new or alternative ways of performing their repertoire. Wow. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because a lot of people in my class, when we talked about this article, I don't know, there was one response that kind of got me a little heated calling (laughs) this person called the critique of Shaw as like kind of overdoing it and saying, you know, this is just somebody's like really butthurt about this person being more successful. But I also think it's fair to acknowledge when somebody that we think is really great does something wrong. Because otherwise, what are we doing here? But also, it's just like you're humanizing idols. Like, you know, no one's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. But also the fact that Caroline Shaw and I guess people that she works with, her team, were like, you know, this isn't right. We need to make a statement. Yeah. And, you know, correct what we did wrong and then also make an impact in future performances of the piece. Mm-hmm. This is interesting because I never knew about this. Like, I, we just talked about, um, actually, Partita for Eight Voices in my history class. And I've also, we've talked about it, I think, in undergrad. It's like, you know, Caroline Shaw's, I guess, like her... Um, I don't know, like typical piece that when we talk about Caroline Shaw, we're going to talk about this piece, even Mm -hmm. though she's written so much more. Um, But every time that we've talked, I've, I've, I've been in a class and it's been talked about, I've never heard of this or this controversy. So that's really interesting to me. Oh, I feel like like, it's essential to bring it up. I, yeah, me too. And I'm kind of shocked that I haven't, we haven't talked about it or I haven't heard about this before. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, no, you go, Rebecca. Yeah, it's uh, very interesting to touch this topic because it is not something that occurred for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm sure other composers also used uh, cultural appropriation to to compose their pieces and somehow they uh, got money from it. And it was not... given the right credits so it's really nice to see this example of someone who actually corrected and got it right Mm -hmm. after so like like you said it is we don't we don't want to just show the perfect points or the perfect sides of all the composers we're talking about here but also show that like they're humans and they got it wrong but they also can can make it right and serve as an example for next people that use others uh, songs or tunes or yeah I, to- I totally agree yeah yeah me too and i think it's cool because they're trying to incorporate other cultures into their music and clearly like the people who taught them these practices are totally happy to have it be a part of what Roomful of Teeth is doing. And it's a part of, you know, kind of like blurring, not blurring lines, but being more united as a musical community to kind of like totally together and learn about each other's practices. And who knows who would have even, like a lot of people are probably learning about Karajak and Tube and Throat singing through Roomful of Teeth. But yeah, I also think it's important to bring up, especially Tanya Tagak is like well-respected as a Karajak singer. So I think it's important to recognize like it might make somebody upset to know, 
you know, not everybody's going to react to it the same way. Whereas these teachers who helped room full of teeth were probably like, yeah, yeah, here, take this music. It might not have been obvious to the public what was going on and what, where that music came from and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I also think their response was really quick and, you know, they did a great job and you can still go on the Roomful of Teeth website and see all the people who taught them and everything like that, That's which I think nice. is nice. And they're open about talking about it. We didn't ask any questions in our like music theory class because I don't know, it just didn't feel right <laughs> um, <laughs> about this, but they seem to be open to talking about it, which is good, I think. Yeah, yeah. that is really nice. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, kind of, I also, I mean, okay, this is going back to my thought on how this, you know, Partita for Eight Voices is like her calling card. Mm-hmm. Every class that I've taken of history, of like any type of survey of music history. And it's interesting because I obviously we know that she's written more music. I know that she's written more music, but could I tell you what other pieces that she's done? I don't think I could, except for maybe a couple of things. But I, the first time I ever was at a live concert and saw one of her pieces performed was actually like, was it? Th- oh yeah, it was actually this year in February. Um, before yeah. everything, yeah, that was February, right? Oh my god, wow, <laughs> that feels like ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my my parents visited, um, Amherst and we the dover uh string quartet was at amherst college doing a concert and they had um a i think he's a baritone i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's a baritone uh devon times yeah and she wrote this piece for string quartet and voice i think the voice part can be changed i think you can do any voice part mm-hmm. um called by and by and it was magical um yeah, I remember. If, I think there's um it's not on Spotify, but there is a version I think on YouTube. So I really encourage any- anyone to go listen to that because I was completely taken aback. Again, had never heard of this piece before, had heard of Caroline Shaw, had never heard of the baritone singing, but I've all but also like I am familiar with um uh with the Dover String Quartet. So I feel like there was a lot of things at that performance that introduced me that I don't always get at all classical yeah. music concerts. Um, and this kind of also goes back to the talk we were having about Tansy, um, or with Tansy, mm. um, about how it's really important to have concerts that include new music, but they shouldn't just be tacked on. Yeah. You know? And while the Dover String Quartet played, did they play Mozart Dissonance Quartet? I think. Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, because we were working on it at the time, or we had just worked on it. Um, But, uh, but to me, like, I don't know, the, like, the, the best part of that entire concert was that piece, was Caroline's Mm -hmm. piece, and, um, yeah, I, I got chills, uh, I thought, I just thought it was so magical and so powerful. Yeah. Um, I also, that's, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I also think it's interesting, because she works with Dover Quartet and Brooklyn Rider, and, they're both like younger quartets and I know Brooklyn Rider does a lot of concerts and CDs where they play mostly or only new music like even the one with my favorite Beethoven recording on there it's mostly new music 
So I don't know. Nice. It's it. I don't know. I just think that's interesting because I haven't s- seen many old quartets player music. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's actually very true. I had never thought about that. It's always new quartets or yeah. modern, I guess. Is modern the right word? I'm not sure. Um, Younger, I guess. Younger, yeah. <laughs> younger is yeah. a better word. M- younger string quartets. Um, Yeah. I wonder if that's on purpose. I don't know. I think it's it's probably just the, f- the feeling, the mindset changing of how we we should have more of our like contemporary music, not only the canon music, the canon that we always speak about. <laughs> our favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know. I heard Dover and Brooklyn Rider play Carolyn Shaw. So that's why I like know of her music. I don't know. I love it. I wish I want to play it in our quartet next semester because oh it's gosh. pretty approachable, but it's just, can we convince our professors? <laughs> yeah. That brings up another point that, uh, the standard rep that we're always told to play, play standard repertoire. Huh? Okay, but like, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> Why? Uh, everyone plays standard repertoire. Not that we shouldn't, or that not that we wouldn't benefit from standard repertoire. But I just think sometimes it can get kind of like cover bands. Like, where do you go to, you know, listen to? Okay, so I'm gonna like we're gonna play. I don't know Shostakovich. Not maybe not Shostakovich. Like a Beethoven string quartet. You listen to all of the old recordings. You listen to new recordings. And you try and cover them, not cover them, but like you definitely, I definitely will copy things that some violinists do, or I'll take things that I've heard from different, um, from different recordings and I will be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Or I am told what to do by my teacher. So I feel sometimes with standard repertoire, I don't really get to practice my musical expression and creativity as much as I could with new music, because I think new music would totally challenge um, Mm -hmm. everyone in in the string quartet or quintet or whatever ensemble it may be. Um, Yeah. And that it kind of reminds me because I'm doing this piece right now that was written this like in this year um, for my auditions. by a, a female composer who I think lives in Boston. Um, and there's one recording of it, but I there's so many things that I have thought of while I've played it where I'm like, oh, I could totally like do this or oh, I could change, you know, something here that, you know, that this other violinist doesn't do. I don't know. It's something that I, I feel like I never get to experience at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to. I like would love to play Caroline Shaw's music, but for some reason we're never given the opportunity or permission to. You know, like yeah, and which is and really strange. I feel like there shouldn't is. be permission. Like I should just, I don't know. <laughs> I completely agree with you, Victoria. It is, um, this tender repertoire is really nice, and I agree that. It is standard for a reason. There, like, if you can play all, if you can play the pieces, you probably has have touched all the technique, all the possibilities. But no, not that I think. Maybe not all, because 
uh, new music is also about new techniques so i definitely agree that we should have we should um be given more opportunity to play and to express ourselves it is it's so nice i remember in the beginning of two t- uh, two t- 2019 fall we had the new music festival here at ums and the piece i was playing there was no recording so we had to dig in and understand and oh, yeah we talked to, to the composer it was really nice mm. um and it was it was totally an totally new experience and really interesting to just understand the music understand the the phrases and the the concept mm. of the name with the motifs and the material it is so interesting and it's definitely something that we don't do we we just go to class or lesson and we are told what to or we are suggested based mm-hmm. on something that <laughs> everybody already does yeah and if you you can't really do something really different because otherwise it's gonna be like it's not well, it's so taboo it. to be like if you do something different it's like okay that's kind of weird like why would you do it why yes because exactly. there's like this like standard or rules with with pieces of like you know and of course like play. you have to think about also like the style of course like there's a lot of style i feel um regulations or rules or guidelines that you can't be too crazy in like a Mozart concerto like obviously yeah but maybe in a cadenza you could be a little more freer but also yeah Hebecca I did the that festival last Mm -hmm. or the beginning of last year school year and that was my first time ever working with a composer and like him asking us questions like oh you know, does that work for violin writing? Like, do you understand this? And it was a very, like, collaborative experience of, you know, this works, but this doesn't. But also to understand the syntax of new music, which is yeah. so different. And a different language. It's a complete different language. And, like, you can't rely on your ear at all, mm-hmm. which I realized that I do so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um yeah and a lot of you know extended techniques that i had never done before um yeah and i want to do more of that because that was so fun um yeah so moral of the story i would love to play caroline shaw i think that's how we got here yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah. it's really interesting because when i got here i was like oh i haven't played any standard rep like sorry like that sucks Mm. but also I feel like I've actually been really really lucky that my professor in undergrad for quartet let us play random music like Joan Tower, Revoltas, just like other stuff that challenged our brains in such different ways and just like gave us the chance to play music by a Mexican composer, Mm -hmm. music by a great female composer, like yeah I don't regret and we got to play beach in like Vayburn mm-hmm. like when else do you get to do that I feel so lucky to have gotten that yeah. and I hope we get to do a little bit of that here next semester if I ask nicely <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like my first experience I mean with a female composer was definitely Amy Beach piano uh quintet 
And then new music or newer-ish maybe could be new music would be in the style of Albany's by Shadreen, which is like this kind of, um, it's a showpiece basically. But I think that was written in the 70s or 80s, so it wasn't even that recent. And then I get here, my first thing right out of, like, right at the beginning was a new composition. And then the only other new composition is the one I'm doing right now. And that doesn't seem right. <laughs> there should be more. But, yeah, um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we don't have uh, new music enough to fill a whole program of new music right it's probably one piece and a whole course i think that's about what i've done i've done a few in my undergrad it was a really nice experience we played gratina bachevitz and mm. it was really interesting we also played other pieces i can't remember the name right now but having the opportunity to just think and develop other techniques it is really hard and it's really nice mm. yeah i want more of it i need more give me more <laughs> 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 um yeah i'm a huge fan of caroline shaw um i am definitely i mean i feel like she's definitely like a one of the great composers if we're gonna you know talk about great composers of each era i feel like she's definitely one of them of our of our time like lifetime mm -hmm. um yeah for sure so i'm excited to see what else she does yeah I'm sure i feel like quarantine and all of this going on is going to cause like a huge movement of like creative expression mm -hmm. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. I think it would yeah. be really powerful. Um, so yeah, um, I mean, I love this conversation that we always like have each episode. It's always so like, oh, there's people who think the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess kind of going off of Caroline Shaw, like you know how she started violin when she was two years old. What are your stories, you guys? What are your journeys? Talk to me. How did, you know, why did you choose to play the instrument that you played? Or when did you start? Wow. Yeah. So I started in fourth grade, I think. It was either third or fourth. I think fourth grade we started. Um, and I picked violin. I really wanted to play the piccolo because my sister played the flute, but I didn't want to be like my sister. I wanted to do something better. <laughs> so I wanted to play the piccolo. And then I learned you can't start on the piccolo. You have to wait until like high school band and you have to start on flute. And I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to play violin. So I decided to play violin and I was really bad at it. <laughs> I like didn't uh, practice at all. Um, and I would even like, we had, uh, orchestra during study hall in middle school you had and I'd study like study hall in music in middle, middle school? school. Yeah, we did. Oh, I'm so, I didn't have study hall. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but we would, uh, hide in study hall so that the orchestra teacher couldn't find us, but <laughs> oh, like, my imagine how, how much of a hectic 
like how, how much chaos that would cause these days if you can't find a middle schooler. Oh my god! Oh, back in the day, it was just normal. Could you imagine? <laughs> like it, it would be a code red. Like I've drill. lost a child or multiple <laughs> children. Yeah, but yeah, that's how it was for me back in the day. And then like for some reason in freshman year of high school, like I was placed uh, last chair, second violin, oh. and I was like this is unacceptable. So I decided to ask my mom if I could take private lessons and Here luckily you I are. Yeah. Luckily I found a really, really good teacher named Lindsay and she was like a sub with the Milwaukee symphony orchestra. And she taught me so much. She actually told me later on that she considered like rejecting me as a student <laughs> because I was so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But she she didn't. She was like, okay, we'll take the chance. And I practiced a lot. So I was good enough to stay. And then I slowly, slowly moved up the ranks in high school until I was concertmaster for like one piece on one concert. Like I still wasn't that good. But, but like, let's think about that, Erin. You went from last chair, <laughs> second violin to one of the concertmasters. So yeah, we, there was, there were. Huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there were four of us that were associate concertmaster because it was just like a weird year where but also i feel like with high school like orchestra directors or i mean in some i feel like it's like it has to be fair like yeah yeah give everyone a turn which of course like yeah it's a good experience no my orchestra teacher um i think was also kind of like whoa <laughs> that was a lot for four years um and then uh, one of the string quartets, because he would form string quartets with like all the talented students who were like, you know, concertmaster of the Milwaukee Youth Symphony, all, all those kids, he would make them do little string quartets together. And one of the groups played Chess Coach String Quartet number eight. And I was wow. so into it. Yeah. I loved it so much. I like went home and downloaded it immediately and that's why I decided to go for music in undergrad mm -hmm. because I wanted to play that quartet so badly. Wow. <laughs> and luckily Yeah, Shostakovich was just always my my dude. And Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> luckily I got to do a lecture recital with a bunch of Shostakovich string quartets on it a literal dream come true that's beautiful yeah and then like I had some issues with my violin professor in undergrad it's the same guy from last week Nobuyoshi Yasuda we had some moments where we didn't like each other that much but obviously <laughs> we got over it but I had some issues with him and I was thinking about transferring from the school I was at in Eau Claire to a different college named Luther College just because I, I like the professor there. But then my teacher, Molly Gabrion, was like, well, you could transfer and I think you have a shot or you could stay here. She knew I loved her as a teacher. Like, I wish I could have studied with her on violin, but she's a violist. So it's like weird, but she would still give me lessons just so I could like, you know, have somebody who I enjoyed learning from. And she was like, you could switch to viola and I think you'd be really well suited for the instrument and you'd be a really competitive violist, whereas on violin, you're a little bit weaker. <laughs> and I was like, okay, so I tried it out 
and then like oh I still accepted Luther College and over the summer I was like planning on going there but then I had like a moment where it just clicked in my head like no I don't want to like I can't do this I have to switch to viola and study like I just can't do that (laughs) so I ended up switching to viola I like immediately drove to Minneapolis and got three violas to start playing on and then eventually I found the one that I ended up buying and Molly had told me earlier in the year like if you ever change your mind there's a space for you in my studio so Mm -hmm. I already knew I could go back which was really nice that's nice and then she let me join her studio and I immediately started like the whole grad school thing this was my junior year of college and I took another wait no that was my senior year of college that was my senior year of undergrad and then I took another year and ended up here and then I had another moment this summer where I thought I wasn't gonna do music but because I mean COVID COVID, I was like what COVID plus depression plus living alone. Yeah. <laughs> equal, uh, it's like a during switching my career to being a target manager. <laughs> <laughs> and then we came back here and I think like doing the podcast with you guys and being in a quartet that I really loved, mm, like I just changed everything. Those. And I realized pretty early on after I also like started taking antidepressants which helped a lot (laughs) but it helped me realize like no everything sucks right now but I still can't imagine not being a musician like I can't do it so now I'm right back where I wanted to be (laughs) still playing viola I also don't play violin anymore I sold my violin Um, you don't need it I'm just a violist. <laughs> Good. You don't need it. You're not yeah, so that's my it. story. Wow. That was a good story. I didn't know that, that you nice. had like temporarily transferred to Luther. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I was like enrolled technically. Wow. But I never went. Like I never yeah. studied yeah, yeah, there yeah. for a day. I just didn't know that that was like a moment that happened. Yeah, it was a good, like, form. I I had a Luther College sweatshirt and everything. Wow. It's always official when you get the sweatshirt, but I guess it's really not official. Oh, things will happen anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Oh. Yeah. That was sweet. Yeah, that was Uh very sweet. Well, my story is, I guess it's, I mean, yeah, it's a little different. I, um, I started violin when I was five years old. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Baby. Uh, just a tiny my I think this is true my mom wanted m- my sister and I I'm a twin my sister also started at the same time I think my mom wanted to start it like wanted us to start earlier when we were three but my dad was like no they have to be normal children <laughs> um <Not very> which <laughs> is so very my parents it's so funny um so yeah I so we waited until we were five I mean I didn't I mean, I, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, we started when we were five. Um, my first violin, I think, was uh, I think it was a gift from my grandma, actually. And I started lessons um, with a woman named Andrea Williams. Uh, I She's great. I love her. And uh, it was like a few months. I think we were playing for maybe a month. I don't know. I'm not sure of the timeline. But we had like, uh, like her studio, all of her students had a recital. Like, 
very quickly. And so my sister and I played Seesaw. Like the E A E A one one. Yeah. And but we needed like help still. Like and so Miss Andrea, I still call her that, uh, was like helping us like with our bows, like to do and she like like kneeled down in front of us, like while it was it's cute. It was really cute. Um so yeah, and then uh I stayed with her for I mean, I won't go through all of my history, but I I changed teachers about every four years. Um, that was kind of my path and, um, Andrea kind of told my mom and, um, was like, oh, if they want to be serious, you know, you should, you know, switch teachers every four years. So that way you're networking, you're, you know, meeting new teachers kind of thing. Um, so we did that. And I think my, one of my like moments where I was like, wow, I really love this (laughs) was there's, I think there's two that like stick out in my mind. One was oh, I think I was nine. Caroline and I went to a string quartet music camp um, in Falmouth, Massachusetts. Actually, how full wow. circle is that? Um, it's on Cape. It's like in Cape Cod, and they didn't accept. Uh, it was it was like ten years and up. But my mom emailed them and she's like, "Would you take nine year olds?" And they were like, "Well, if they if they like are at the level, sure." And so at that point, it was like we had an audition like over the phone. Like I played like my mom had like she was holding the phone and I played. Wow. And I just remember that experience because that was my first experience ever like playing in quartets. I was in a trio. I was in like a string orchestra, like all of this stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I was like, this is so cool. I love this. There was like other kids that understood what I was doing like none of my friends in elementary school like they didn't get it like we had violin group my mom was my music teacher in elementary school um and she did violin and you know everyone played violin but they didn't like play violin if you know like they didn't it wasn't like a thing mm-hmm. and then um yeah that was a big moment for me that summer camp and then middle school I went to a performing arts magnet so there was kind of kids that that understood, you know, there was an orchestra, you know, a bunch of drama people, you know, the types that you totally understand. And you're like, oh, I play the violin. And people are like, oh, yeah, I play the oboe. And it's like fun. Like you, you, you understand each other and you're like, yeah, we take lessons. We have to practice before we can do anything at home. Yeah. Um, and then during middle school, I went to a winter camp. Um, like over winter break that was part of the Philadelphia International Music Festival but it was not in Philadelphia it was uh, the winter camp was in southern Florida like Miami area and you basically live in a mansion and you practice all all day long and you have lessons and that was it and then you have like a recital at the end and that was another time where I was like oh my gosh this is so fun like I was meeting kids my own age who were also like kind of on the same track doing things and my I remember the the last day like we left after the recital because we didn't live that far um and my sister and I cried in the car going home because we didn't want to leave <laughs> uh, so I remember that like we were sobbing <laughs> um and then I think we did it one more year and then we did a bunch of different summer camps um, another summer camp that stands out to me is the string quartet seminar at Virginia Tech. And that's where I did Aaron Shostakovich eight. Ooh. Uh, I was in high school. I think I was a junior. 
and that was another time where I was like, this is it, you guys. I want to be in a quartet. Like, you yeah. know, I had had all of these instances of, like, chamber music and... And that's really, like, what I want to do. Like, and I also feel like that's what attracted me to UMass at first was because of the of the grad assistantship here of, you know, you're paid to be in a quartet. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that's kind of my, my deal. But, um, yeah, my sister actually ended up playing viola. So, um, so we could play duets throughout our lifetime. Um so yeah, uh, that's pretty much my story. I feel nice. yeah, that's so nice. <laughs> it's really nice. The, like the bath, your bath is really interesting. <laughs> Wait, did you say your bath? My path. Give me bath. My my bath is really interesting because it's really warm. I love the colors. <laughs> it has a lot of bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, my story. I also started when I was a kid. I was six years old, and my grandpa, grandpa, he was a luth- luthier. Oh yeah, luthier. Oh. And he played a lot of instruments too. So he had thirteen kids, and each of one, each one of them played some instrument, like oh violin, gosh. trumpet, trombone. It's like an orchestra. Cello. It was like an orchestra flute, and I think, not that I think, yeah, I think two of them are still like professional musicians, which is really cool. And when I was six, I was living, my my family was living very close to my grandpa, so we, uh, I was, I would go like every day to his place, I think. I can't actually remember. <laughs> I was having like lessons with him, and um, I didn't like it. <laughs> At first, <laughs> I hated it. I rem- I just remember that it was something that I I, sh- I should do, and not because I wanted to. But then, the story changed when I was already having lessons, not not uh, with my grandpa. It was with uh, Suzuki Association in Campinas in Sao Paulo, mm. Brazil and I was having lessons with um, Shinobu Saito's uh, son, Fabio dos Santos and <laughs> he was so nice I will never forget the time that was there it was like a family it was so it was such a I have such such good memories there. I mm. I had lessons there for seven years and with different professors, with Fabio Sensen and Shinobu Saito, and it was really interesting. Um, it was yeah, it was a really bright, shining moment in my oh. violin life. And I remember I had a friend, and she was older and. And she played it. She played the violin so so nice. She was so good, and she would play like sonatas and um, pieces with the piano. And at that time, I was like playing. I don't know. 
I was it was very basic stuff. So <laughs> to see like a sonata or something was awesome. Playing with the violin and she had such a nice expression and the vibrato and everything. And I was like, okay, I remember that. I don't remember how old I, how old I was. Probably like twelve. And then then I remember I I I said like, okay, I want I want to play like her <laughs> and her uh the the pianist that we had there he was such a great pianist now he's living in france i am not sure where exactly but he's just doing his like pro life as a pianist there and he's awesome and he was already playing like amazingly when he was accompanying us and i remember having the experience of playing with a piano and not only like by myself It was so good and it felt really good. So that was one moment I remember I was very little. Mm. After that, I changed professors. I moved to the big city <laughs> and and I met. Uh, and when I was in undergrad, I met a lot of other people. I think um, there was a moment in my life that I... I had a lot of friends that were not musicians so when i i got in undergrad and i actually started to have a, like most of my friends were musicians mm. it changed a lot my vision of um the music community and going to concerts and playing chamber music so it was um through my undergrad era that i decided Or I discovered that I loved chamber music. And that was also something that brought me here to UMass. Because um, more and more I realized that that is what I want to do. And I keep yeah. I, I just love playing trios. And I haven't played that much. So mm. I've this is one thing that I regret about my life. Not having played more chamber music in my life. <laughs> oh, but anyways it's i still have a lot of time so yay yeah uh, <laughs> and i just had a recital today yes you did I, uh we so played good. yeah Kristen and monroe we played uh the amy beach piano trio in a minor it was so nice it was one of the high points of the semester making um music like chamber music with them and also our quartet it was mm -hmm. so nice being able to finish the quartet and actually yeah. record um also having the coachings here it's so cool it is every time we have a different coaching or our quartets it's just like my mind is like <laughs> blowing mm -hmm. Um, and now I am in a different, I would say that now, right now, like this summer or this year, it's been also very, uh, important because I have been real, I have, have been realizing that I want to teach too, mm. and that's a path that I want to continue to improve and to grow. So yeah, me too, yeah, actually. I think this would be like the main main points of my <laughs> violin life i love Me it and my darling yeah. violin 
<laughs> Let's be at a quartet, you guys. Let's be at a professional He's quartet. So nice. Unless so easy. Shostakovich. Like we call it. We could just need a cellist, and we could just call it the Out of Tune Quartet. I mean, brand perfect idea. Name is there. Branding is there. Podcast is there. Easy. And I mean, cellists apply now. Cellists, we're accepting applications. Yes, please. From now until the position is filled. Send us an app to our Gmail. Yes, OOTpod. Oh, wait, is it OOTpod? Yeah, OOTpod at gmail.com. Yes. Your YouTube recording, we are going. We are accepting Shostakovich excerpts. Only Shostakovich. Only Shostakovich. Ed, Aaron, no need to audition. You're in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, oh my goodness! Well, Hebeka, my favorite part of the podcast. What is the Portuguese word of the day? You know, I'm laughing because I always forget. <laughs> I've been doing that for like how many episodes? Yeah, but I think it's so like it's natural now. It's like oh, I have to think yeah. on the spot. Oh okay. yeah. So I think this word is gonna make more sense after we go to our favorite question of the the podcast, <laughs> which is how was your week? And because this week has been the last week of classes, mm-hmm. and just looking back. Well, I'm already answering the second question. Anyways, <laughs> uh, just looking back how this semester has been. Today, I after the recital, I got home and I looked in the mirror and I was like, Rebecca, you survived. <laughs> <laughs> so, for, um, okay, that actually not happened. Okay, <laughs> that's kind of weird. <laughs> But anyway, so was the mentality. <laughs> yes, that was the idea, and the so for that the word of today is sobreviver, <laughs> with a very São Paulo accent. Right? Say that again. We, we, Aaron and I both just blinked. We were like, "Huh?" <laughs> yeah, one more okay. time, please. Sobreviver. Sobreviver. Yes. Sobreviver. Sobreviver. Yes. Sobreviver. Sobreviver. Yes. Where is the inflection? Where is the yeah, emphasis? Sobreviver. Oh, the, yeah. the last one. Sobreviver. Yeah. Sobreviver. I love how we're both saying it at the same time, so it probably sounds <laughs> insane. Sobreviver. Yeah. Okay. Survive. 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 That's a great one. Mm, I like it. Okay, so our favorite question. How was your tuning this week, you guys? Alrighty. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to make this a two-parter again. Yeah, I support. Good parts. 10 out of 10. Wow. Wow. Bad parts. (laughs) The bad parts were really shocking and terrible. 1 out of 10. (laughs) Oh. well just with like you know what happened immediately yesterday you know mm-hmm. you know well victoria will tell all about it i'll tell you all about it you guys how long do you have <laughs> <laughs> just kidding just kidding just kidding um yeah um 
I'm going to give my week a 1 out of 10. <laughs> Man. I'm going to give it a 1. It started off fine. Uh, we recorded um, for our performance for our mm-hmm. no quintet. Because that's something we had to do. And unfortunately, uh, the next day, I found out that one of its members tested positive for COVID-19. So now I'm under a two-week quarantine and can't go home for Thanksgiving, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah, so uh, I went through it yesterday. I was very yeah. upset because uh, that's when everything was like pretty much made official. Um, yeah, and now I, I mean, I, I was already having the stress also of, you know, recording for TMA auditions um, because I would really like to get that done. Uh, and yeah to me it didn't I like forgot I mean I didn't forget but it just didn't really feel like the last day of the semester for me because I I don't know I was not expecting it to go this way um so yes um everyone wear your masks please uh and if you're in quarantine and if you are made to be in quarantine actually quarantine I've heard of some people not really abiding by quarantine and mm. that is why we're having such an issue um so <laughs> that guy looked how you just rolled your eyes it's just mm. so stupid uh just do quarantine like it's not hard you have to stay in your apartment how terrible oh <laughs> or God. your house yeah. so um or yeah that's is this is yeah this is where i will be uh and you guys have very kindly offered to help me get groceries, of and that course. is wonderful. Uh, so yes, that is where I am at at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to stay positive. Uh, so the podcast is really helping right now. I've been looking forward to yeah. it today, and um, I mean, finding <laughs> finding the Wii music tuning clip literally made my day. I was like, Aww. that is literally hysterical. And also watching Hebeka's, um, yeah. you know, her contribution in that recital on on live stream. I love that it was. I mean, how great that we have this now at UMass. Yeah. Um, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So that's really wonderful that I could watch it. From mm-hmm. the comfort of blankets and my couch at oh. my apartment. So, um, yeah, Rebecca, yeah. if you want to go. Yeah, so my week also started good. Um, I, I'm also going to split like Erin because the good parts were really nice. So, <clears throat> guys... <laughs> BTS. Just oh my gosh! <laughs> of course, I had to say that. I knew she I... was going to. <laughs> so this made just this just made my week like one hundred out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> but we also had um, the sad parts, and mm-hmm. um, it it all affect affected all of us somehow. It was very. Uh, stressful when the department was about to close and we didn't know if we were going to have this recital that I just did thank god we could do it mm-hmm. after all Yeah, and I'm very grateful that we could actually play it and use all the very nice equipment that UMass has now so yeah the bad part I would, I would give a 2 yeah, yeah, it was not stellar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, you guys. Well, 
It'll it be can, okay. Like we said last, you know, I was like, it can only go up from here. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but now I can really say it. It can only go up from here, you guys. Uh, yes. <laughs> woo, positivity, optimism. Everything's going to yeah. be okay. Um, but yeah. Well, I guess this is this is the end of our ninth yeah. episode. Wow. What a wild ride. And I can't believe next week will be our tenth episode. How yeah. crazy. Um, but yeah. Well, it's been a journey with you guys. Yeah, we should oh, talk yeah. about our journey, ne- like the journey for this <laughs> podcast next wow. week. Oh, that would be really cute, actually. We'll, we'll keep it as a series. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, uh, again, thanks for everyone who tunes in each week and, uh, listens to our episodes. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to tune in each Saturday. Uh, episodes go up in the morning, um, and share with all your friends and let us know what you like, what you don't like, what we should do, what you want to hear, etc. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway. You can reach us out in our gmail uh or on our instagram or in our facebook page so yes I, and I don't forget care. about cello applications we're exactly <laughs> right now <laughs> <laughs> very important <laughs> um well anyway this has been out, out of tune, tune. On, on zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay well Bye. Bye.